You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, we come to your house of prayer and praise to receive again what you alone can give, the blessing of your word and your sacraments to sustain us and create our faith. We ask, O oh Lord, now that you would hover over these, this time we spend together, enlighten our minds And draw our hearts ever closer to you as we reflect upon your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are you a teacher of Israel and you do not understand these things? I I was really struck by those words the first time I read them. Because, well, the first time I remember reading them, because I was already preparing for ministry and I thought to myself, I'm going to be a teacher and I don't understand them. (laughs) Um, Jesus is is calling up Nicodemus, calling him up short on what he thinks he knows. We're told that Nicodemus is a Pharisee. Now the Pharisees were a sect of Judaism that was highly, highly focused on observing the law. What is it that God wants us to do? And how can we do it? How can we glorify God by our activity? And how can we refrain from those things that He doesn't want us to be doing? And they got into minute detail about this. Now, these are not bad things to be focused on. But they're second order questions. They're second order questions. They're what come after the first and most important things. And this is why Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, you're you're teaching the scriptures and you don't understand? And what is it that Nicodemus doesn't understand? What does Jesus point to? He points to the way that God is the one who initiates every saving activity in Scripture. And no less so, our activity in His new covenant of grace. Now, this Pharisee, Nicodemus, was teaching from the Scriptures, and this is a forest in the trees question. He, he saw the trees. What did God want us to do? And he saw the trees of, look at our great heroes of the faith and all the great things they did. And those are good things to reflect on. Abraham was amazing. He's called the father of faith for a reason. God, you know, knocks on his door. We, this is the, the passage we just read. And says, okay, you know you've got this family business in Ur. You're doing pretty well. Now Ur, just so you know where it is, if you ever look at a map, and you see where the Red Sea comes up the side of the Saudi Arabian Peninsula, 
There's a couple of rivers leading into it, the Tigris and the Euphrates. Right where they kind of come together, what's right in between them is called Ur, back in Abraham's day. Or Abram, as he was called at this point. God says, okay, you've got this family business. Here's the problem. The family business is your dad makes idols for a living. And that just won't fly with the true God. So, give up your guaranteed source of income. Pick up stakes. Take your whole family and move. I'll show you where. And that's what they do. They cross what we think of as the Arabian Peninsula to settle in the land of Canaan right up against the Mediterranean Ocean, what we call Israel today. They have a lot of adventures on the way. That's all in Genesis. But can you imagine? You're trying to have a child and you're going to give up all your security. You're going to give up all the guaranteed income. You're going to give up what you know and even where you know how to do business and say, oh, we're just going to set up shop someplace else. But God said, I have a plan. And I'm choosing you for that plan. God initiated what happened through Abram. And the same thing with Moses. Moses did amazing things. But it wasn't because of any great skills of Moses. God gets angry at Moses at one point because Moses keeps making excuses for all the things he can't do. It's God who saves Moses when the others die. It's God who appears to him in the burning bush. It's God that says to Moses, Go back and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. When Moses says, But, but, but I, I don't even speak well in front of people. I'll send your brother to help you. God initiates what Moses does. And the same thing with David. We love to tell the story of David and Goliath to our kids. And pastors love to preach sermon about facing the Goliath in your life. But we don't teach enough about how God passed over all the older brothers to get to David. (laughs) The good looking ones, the athletic ones, the born leaders. I'm going with this guy. And I'm going to make something great out of him. God must act first so that we can act in response. And it is the same thing in the waters of holy baptism. It is the same thing in our relationship to Him through Jesus Christ. It's no no coincidence at all that the most famous line of Scripture, John 3.16 that you'll still see a few people holding up placards at football games on. That God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have eternal life is tied directly to this story where Jesus teaches about what's happening in the waters of baptism. We cannot enter the kingdom of heaven till we are born of water and the Spirit. Now, I've read lots of different exegesis, meaning scriptural interpretations of this passage, by my Christian brothers and sisters who are of the Anabaptist variety, where you don't baptize till uh, people reach the age of faith. And I don't find any of them convincing. Because here's why. John's Gospel begins 
with Him telling us how Jesus is not born of blood. He is not born of the will of the flesh. He's not born of the will of man. But is born of God. And this is how we are to be born. And then Jesus elaborates when we get here about how we're going to be born of word and sorry, of the spirit and of water. How do we know the spirit is active? Because the word of God is present at a baptism. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we baptize according to Jesus' command that we do so in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And then, God has promised that He will act through those, His Word united to water. What will He do? We're told in Romans chapter 6 that we're going to be united to Jesus in those waters of holy baptism precisely at the moment of His death. So that our old nature might be put to death in Jesus' grave. And we might rise with Jesus in triumph to salvation. We're buried with Him by baptism into death that we might rise to newness of life. Now why? Why would God use such ordinary stuff as water? Or such ordinary stuff as words? Spoken by a fellow sinner, that's me or him. (laughs) Why would he use such a thing to save us? I don't know. Abraham didn't know why God said, pick up and move. (laughs) Why choose Moses when Moses had every excuse in the book? God doesn't always tell us why he does things. He tells us what he's doing. And he asks us to trust that he is doing it for his good purposes, which are purposes for our good. I can tell you one of the benefits though of this. It's the assurance that we are united to Christ in holy baptism. See, if you're anything like me, faith goes up and down. Good days, bad days. One of our our people I I know and love dearly, um, our dean of our of our mission, of our mission region. Excuse me, um, a man who has personally made more sacrifices for Jesus than just about anyone I know, um, said to me one time. He says, "said You know, I ask myself from time to time, do I believe this stuff as I'm saying the creed?" He said, "If I'm honest with myself, about nine days out of ten." But what I'm assured of is, on that tenth day, when I'm doubting. I am united to Christ who covers all my sins even that sin of doubt with His righteousness. And I know that because of what happened at a baptismal font much like this one when He was too young to remember it. 
because he was too young to remember it, too young to choose it for himself, he knows that God was the actor in that place and not himself. So it didn't rely on his sincerity. It didn't rely on his ability to respond, but rather on the grace and goodness of God. I know too many of our evangelical brothers and sisters whom I love dearly and who often exceed us Lutherans in their zeal for the Lord and for His purposes who when we've had private conversations have said I really hope I've given my life to Jesus because that's for them what salvation is. Maybe it worked on the first try. Maybe it worked on the tenth. They've walked that sawdust trail so many times wondering if they've really done the deed And I look at the waters of my baptism, which I don't remember. And I know for certain that God has done the deed. (laughs) And it is just for me, not to not have bad days where I doubt, but not to take and throw away the thing I've been given. That's this righteousness of faith that St. Paul's talking about in the book of Romans. Righteousness, the righteousness of faith is not never having a doubt. It's never rejecting the gift we've been given. And even that gift, even our faith, whereby we receive the promises of God and hold on to them like a lifeline, is a gift given to us by God and given to us in holy baptism. I was having this discussion with a Baptist pastor who I know is a good friend of mine. And he said to me, he said, but how can, a, how can a baby have faith? And I said, didn't John the Baptist jump in his mother's womb when his Lord approached? A child can have faith. They don't have the same kind of faith that you and I do. But I don't have the same kind of faith today I had the day I was ordained. And I don't have the same kind of faith the day I was ordained as the day I first believed. And I didn't have the day, the day I first believed or remember believing, I didn't have the same faith I had the day that somebody put water on my head and my godmother assures me it happened and said in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Those waters created a faith in me that I didn't even recognize, that slept like a seed in the soil until God's word came and awakened it again. It was a gift. From front to back, salvation is God's gift to us. And he gives it to us in a new and different way here in the waters of baptism. If you're baptized as an adult, you will receive faith in a new and different way in the waters of baptism. If you're a child, you will receive faith in a new and different way in the waters of baptism. For it is His gift. A gift He gives us because God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. That whosoever believes in Him might not perish, but have eternal life. And to that Son we are united by God's sovereign act of love. 
This is why some places you come into, like I explained to the kids, the baptismal font, you, can't, you kind of have to move around it to get into the worship space. Because there's no access apart from baptism. Sometimes you'll have little cups of water on the walls whereby people remember that they are blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's why everything we do in here is connected with our baptism. Every time we say the full name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're remembering what He has done for us in the waters of baptism. Like my wife's friend in Scotland who washes her face three times every morning in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's why Luther said, even though we're only baptized once, as we say in the Nicene Creed, baptism is the daily sacrament. The thing that by remembering it every day, we remember our connection to God until we stand before Him in glory. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, there are many hearing this message today. Some of us don't remember our baptisms. Some are preparing now for baptism and learning what it is you're doing for them. There are some who are considering faith in you. Bless us all, Lord, whatever stage of the journey we're at, with the assurance that baptism gives of your love for us, that you sovereignly choose us, connect us, and claim us as your own. For your love is so deep, and your Son is so good. We ask this in his holy name. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, I pray. Since my life